You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is, I believe, our fourth year in Talmud Theta. And one of the uh, great things about the Tzurma Rabbanon series is that um, you have a source book that doesn't necessarily clamp you down. Um, it gives you things that can spur your your interest uh, to go deeper and to perhaps do things in an alternate way. But at least yeah, it's so comprehensive as learning Kulam. Where do you start? Do you start with what like we did? What is going on with people who are spending all day learning and not you know, just being cola guys and, and specifically not working? Or do you start with what does it mean the Chiev of Lima Ratera? Um in the Tsurbamarabonan book, they deal with a a question which is how does one balance Torah life with the needs of living in this world? Now, of course, it sounds very similar to should you become a Kaiwa guy or not? But it, it 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 uses sources that are not what most people consider the essential sources in this in this subject. Mavarchim is a parak and brachos that gives you all the guidelines about birchas hanenin, the brachos that you make on the brachos that you recite on various foods, and the very first daf in Ketzim Mavarchim deals with the importance of, of, of the bracha, why it should be made, what is it really about. So we have a statement from Hanina Bar Papa. This is not Rav Papa, the famous Rav Papa, the student of Abaya and Rav's son. Hanina Bar Papa was actually, his father was Papa, but he was not the famous Rav Papa that we know about. He actually was older and lived... Um. He was uh, two genera- about a generation and a half before Rav Papa. There might be, Rav Papa might have had a son called Hanina that we mention in the Siam, but that's not who this is. This this man is mentioned in Yershalmi often as Hanina Bar Papi, but it's the same person. So what did Hanina Bar Papa say? That if a person decides he's going to take some savory sausages, some some perfectly prepared pasta, and put it in his mouth without making a bracha. He has stolen from God and from Knesset Yisrael, from the whole body of the Jewish people. This is a person who steals from his father and his mother, and he says, I haven't done anything wrong. He has become a friend to a disgusting person. What does that mean? Who is the ultimate father? God. He is your ultimate father. As much as you have a biological father, God is considered the ultimate father. As we say in Tefillah all the time, and again, it's it's based on the pasuk. It's based on the pasuk in Parsha in in Parsha Sazino. 
Ultimately, God is the Father. That is God. Next, who's the mother? The mother is the whole body of the Jewish people. Not just the ones who are alive now, but the whole historical Jewish people. That's called Knesset Yisrael. How do you know that? That's Klal Yisrael. Is sort of like the, they have they have their customs, they have their ways, they have their history from time immemorial almost. That is called your mother, Knesset Yisrael. And who is the Chab? Why is he called Chabrahu Lish Maskris? Because he's like he's like Yeruvam's friend, who tried to get people not to serve God in the right way. So when you don't make a bracha, in a way, you're joining all those sinners, all those terrible sinners. Why? Rashi says that, he says, people see you. When people see you, and they see you just not making a bracha, Everybody gets involved. Part of what makes this whole brachas business work is that everybody says it. And at every kiddish, at every mass moment of eating, you see this person making a bracha, it stirs you to make the bracha as well. So if you don't make the bracha, what happens is, is that, right, um, and, 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 so, and as Rashi also points out, we know that when brachas aren't made, God doesn't give his special influence into the crops. So Knesset Yisrael as a whole loses. And you become a pace setter, just like Yeruvah ben Nevot. Very strong statement from Hanina bar Papa. And since he's talking about how important it is to make brachos, we have another statement from him. Om Rabchina bar Papa. Rabchina bar Papa, Ramik Siv. He he asked a contradiction. One Pusik says, in the Pusik in Hosea says, One Pusik says, you're going to work and you're going to be working out in your fields, but I'm going to take them away. I'm going to take all the stuff that you have worked for and what's going to happen? You're not going to keep it. You're going to think it's going to stay by you, but incredibly, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, develop the machinations in the world that your dogon is is not yours anymore. It's my dogon. And while you were waiting to bring in that harvest, it's going to be taken away from you. But the other Pasuk says, you're going to bring your dogon. You're going to gather your dogon. Rabbi Rabchanina Bar Papa said, Meaning, when we are doing the will of God, so we're out there and we're able to bring in our crops. When we don't do the will of God, we work on our crops, but they start, they get taken away from us. God takes them from us. So that is Hanina Bar Papa. So since Hanina Bar Papa, now, what's the connection to Brochus? The question, the, the question of brachos is because we know what are brachos supposed to do. Brachos is a way for us to realize that whatever we get comes from God. 
So when we're not listening to God, God says, you think that these, these things grow and develop just for your own benefit? You're not making brochos? So the people who are not making brochos, who don't believe God really gave them anything, they will find out that historically all their work is going to be taken away from them, and they're going to be losing their stuff by various various uh Kings will come in and and take percentages of the crops. Uh, things are going to happen where their dogan is no longer theirs, even though they worked on it in order to produce it. However, when they make brachos, when they when they do rotsen shalmakom, so then that puts the world in balance. So now all your work, you're going to see the, you're going to see, so to speak, no pun intended, the fruit of your labors. You're going to bring stuff in. That is Hanina Bar Papa. So Hanina Bar Papa quotes that Pusik in the second paragraph of Kriyashma to sort of indicate what is the status. Again, the person who's making his brachos, recognizing that God is behind things, and therefore he can go out and bring in his harvest. So then we bring the Gemara, then the Gemara brings a Brisa. Now, it's interesting that Bryce uses that word as if we know it's a benefit, isn't it? To love God, to serve Him. I'll give the rains. And you'll go out and get your grains. And there will be plenty of grasses for your animals. So, the, the the question the Bryce has is not so clear to me. This is all part of the positives. Because right after that, the Pasuk says, be careful, because if you do Avodah Zarah, then there won't be rains. So I guess the question really is, is that isn't it obvious that we know that all God has to say is, I will give you the rains in its right time. And there will be rains and grasses. You know what to do when the rains come. Everybody knows what rains do. Rains are there in order to produce better crops. So why do you need to graphically describe going out and gathering them? We know that if you don't listen to God, there won't be rain. And if there won't be rain, then there won't be crops. But why does the gathering need to be mentioned? Why does the work of the gathering need to be described. That seems to be the question, right? I'm not saying it's like, a, 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 it's like, wow, what's that doing there? It's like, what is that strange phrase there? But I think that is the source of this Braisa's question. Just tell me that if I do the will of, that if we follow God's will, there'll be rains. Of course, we know what rains do. Why, why mention that you're going to go out and, and gather in your crops? Because Maybe just say rain could come at the proper time and a bad time. Right, no, could, yeah, okay, but we mean okay. Obviously, it says if you will listen to God, I will bring rain, and there will be there will be crops. You don't have to say that, and you will gather them, right? And especially, just say that there will be the presence of of that that bounty. Not necessarily that you are gathering in. What the the processed Dagan Richard is processed crops. There doesn't need to be a description of of gathering in the process, right? Or, or, but in 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 the Toka it says you'll 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 harvest, but you won't you won't benefit from the harvest. So it makes in Toka it makes a distinction between actually 
gathering the harvest Reco and Reco benefiting. So, I, I'm so just that. trying. To, what I'm trying to do is 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 is, is zero in and explain what does the the question that the Bryce has ma Talmud Lomar. What does the Torah want with telling us this? That means, Richard, that there's a question. That means that the phrase is out of place, that there's something, the phrase doesn't seem to be correct there at first glance. Why isn't it correct? So, the, so I, I don't know. When I look at it, I says, well, it makes sense to me. When you describe the positivity, part of it is okay. Here's the stuff and I'm gathering it. It must be that it's unnecessary to mention the detail of it being processed, and now you're going out there and gathering in all that processed stuff, that doggone that's going to be processed, or that it's now going to be processed, you bring it there. Just say that it was a, it was a great year because God unleashed the rain in the proper time, and everything came out perfect. You didn't need the distinct description. That seems to be the question. Moshe has died. It's time for you to bring the B'nai Yisro in. Be strong. You're going to bring this people to the land. Do the whole Torah, the same what I, what I, what I told Moshe to do. And what does he say? Don't don't diverge from the Torah at all. Lo yomush hasefer Torah zemipicha v'igisabo yomam v'layla. So this seems to be not just what Yeshua needs to live by. This needs this seems to be what the Jewish people need to hear. Right, even though he's speaking to Yeshua, but he's saying he seems to be. It seems to be a message to everyone. And the message seems to be, don't let the Sefer Torah and the ideas of the Sefer ever leave your mouth. You should always be talking about things that are in the Sefer Torah. And study it day and night. Laman tishmar asas kekoa kosubo. Now, you could understand that this was just a special command to Yoshua. But our Gemara seems to understand it as a command for everyone. The same way Yoshua was told as the leader, he needs to study, just like in last week's Parsha, we learned how the Melech has to have the Sefer Torah to constantly learn. Every Jew has to be their own little Yoshua and study the Torah night and day, and of course this is reflected in the bracha that we make, that we say, the bracha, this is reflected in the bracha that we say as part of Birchas Kriyashma, right? This is where it comes from. And that is the way you will be successful. And then you'll reach a certain level of intellectualism. Maybe what was told Yeshua, and Yeshua was supposed to give that over to us, needs to be literal, that we constantly have to learn day and night, that everything that we do, it's got to be Torah, somehow connected to Torah. Yom HaMelayla. Tamil Lomar, Yisafta Diganecho. Which means what? 
Now, the simple pshat here seems to mean that God in the second parsha of Kriyashma was indicating that you can't be studying Torah every single second. There, you have to realize that the crop is out there. No one's going to bring it in if you don't. Yes, it's a wonderful blessing that the crop is now, the bounty is large. But you need to go out there and work on harvesting it, picking it, processing it, and turning it into grain. Who says that? doesn't just mean you're gathering in the grain. It's true, that's the last part, Rabbi Shimon Rechai said. But I know the way uh, agricultural society works. You have to start. The rain's not just going to magically have stuff grow out of it. You're going to have to plow. You're going to have to seed properly. You're going to have to then harvest at the right time. Not It shouldn't stay on the vine too long. And then once you bring it in, you're going to have to dosh bishas disha. There's a time where you're going to actually winnow it. And then zora it bishas aruch. And then you're going to separate the grains to make sure you have the right type of wheat kernel that can be turned into flour. That's not so simple. To actually crack those shell, to crack the the covering, and to get the kernel out, and then still you need to actually separate the 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 gross material that's found there. If you're going to do that, to make sure you have the right type of wind, Torah What about Torah? That that takes so much time. So Rav Shimon Yochai says, "Ella, bizman Yisrael osin ritzono shomakom melach denasus hayadei acheret." If we actually do the will of God, we don't have to do v'yasafta diganecha. <laughs> what? So who's going to do all the work? So we quote a pasuk, as you can see here, the pasuk in Yeshaya, the end of Sefer Yeshaya, va'amdu zorim. People who are not related to you at all. They're going to come around and say, oh, I love Jews. The roads on him, they're going to be your shepherds. You own these uh, this, these wonderful flocks. They will be the most honest, careful shepherds for you. And B'nai Neichar, people who aren't part of the Jewish people at all, they're going to be Ikareichem. They're going to be your plowmen from the word to be Koreh, like to be kore abor, to dig abor. They're going to be digging, they're going to be digging into the ground and making sure the furrows are correct. The kormechem, they're going to be the ones tending your vines. Strangers will do it. Are they going to get paid? They're going to want to do it. Somehow God is going to stir them, their will to do it. And we don't have to do any of that. That Pusik and Parsha's Kriyashma is when we're not doing the will of God. So then we've got to work ourselves. When we aspire to be great and live in a great way, Rabbi Shemrachai says the world takes care of us. When we don't, then we've got to work ourselves. And that's via Safta Diganecha. 
There's even a third level where we 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 get to be so bad that we are working for others. That's going to be in the Tochacho that Richard mentioned before. The Pasuk says, We're going to be indentured servants for others. We're going to be hungry and thirsty. We're not going to have clothing. And we're going to have chains on ourselves. And we're going to be out there doing the work of other people's uh, fields and bringing in their crops. Now that's three different levels. Rav Shimon Mechai is talking about, and he refers to the pasuk in in Yisafta Diganecha as Ein Osin Ritzon or Shomalkom. Abaya said, "Harbe Osu Kerabi Shmol Ba'Olsa Biyodon." Now, many people followed Shimon Ba'Yishmol, and they were successful. Seemingly, the word harbe goes on both. Rava, though, said, Rava would tell the students, I'm asking you, don't show up here. I have a yeshiva, but you guys shouldn't be here for this man. Tishrei Zman and, and Nisan Zman, don't be here learning. Why? Because I know what's going to happen. Because you're not, th- these two months are so crucial for the rest of the year. So if you're going to work, you're going to make enough money that you can study and you won't be worried. But if you are missing that agricultural work during Nisan and Tishrei, so you're 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 going to be hampered. You're going to be crippled in your in your year of what you're going to bring in. Therefore, Rava said, as much as you'd want to be here during these special times, no, you shouldn't be here. And that's what Rashi says. Um, you have to be there for the harvest, and you have to be there during Tishrei when all the uh, the leftover fruits are being uh, turned into wine and oil, and that that's where uh, things are being pressed and laid out to be uh, to be spread out into the sun. That's a very important time because that's where you minimize the losses, and that's how you're going to be able to make sure you can make it through. So it would sound like Rava understood that the students needed to put that investiture in. Okay, so. Why did I want to do the previous Gemara with you? Well, I think everybody can see that there seems to be a problem because Hanina Bar Papa was the one who said Vyasafta Diganecha is when they do Ritzainer Shomoko. Right? And that's Tosa's question here. Tosa says, Vim Tobar, we say, how Hanina Bar Papa argues, later we say, that's Enos in Ritzainer Shomoko. So Tosva says, So Tosva says there's three levels here. That Hanina Bar Papa admits that you could be on the super high level, but 
this is sort of in the middle. You're not a tzadik gomer. Tzadik gomer is, is, is super the will of God. And then there's basically doing the will of God. And there, that's the first answer. The polyglay that Hanina Bar Papa is like Rabbi Shmuel. That basically he doesn't agree that that pusik that, that, that Shimon Bar brings about from Yeshaya, that might be talking about a messianic time. That that might not even be relevant at all to think the Goyim are just going to go and do our work for us. Hanina Bar Papa is aligned with Rabbi Shmuel. And he argues. And he says, you know what? You could have a situation where you're doing work, but sometimes if you're not really connected to God, God will show you that this stuff that you've been processing and working on will be taken away from you. Otherwise, God keeps it with you. So we have here Hanina Bar Pop and Rabbi Shmuel versus Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And it's interesting that Hanina Bar Papa's way of looking at Vayasafta Diganecha is a positive way. And it starts, of course, with Vahoyim Shamoa, if you will be listening to God. So Rav Shimon Bar Yochai is the onus is on him. He has first, you know, he has this, this approach that seems to demand an incredible level from everyone. He doesn't seem to say this is only in the Messianic era. He believes it's even in the present era, and it's what we should be pushing. So we have this debate between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Shmuel and Hanina Bar Papa. Okay. Well, Abayu seems to have already said that Rabbi Shmuel seems to be what works for most people. And that seems to settle the idea that perhaps Torah uh, needs to work with Derech Eretz. And Derech Eretz, as we say, Kodmola Torah. That's Sionim on this Gemara. And we're going to bring up one Rishon and one Achra. There's a parish that was, I don't know why they thought it was the famous Rabbi Chosid from Germany. I don't believe that the, the, the attribution is correct. I think it's from one of the Baliatosvos, and maybe it's from that school. Lai says you have to learn consistently. What? It's not a chova to study all the time? In the Gemara Menochos, Iyu Kamar, so it sounds like Shimon Bar Yochai does not say that the charge to Yoshua was to always learn, because he says something fascinating there. He says that someone, even if he just says Kriyashma, Shachris Arvis, he could say that he's fulfilled Lo Yomush. So Shimmer Yechai seems to go against his own statement. Ella, mitzvah ba'almahu. What does Shimmer Yechai say? Shimmer Yechai is saying that there's two levels. 
there's one level of the bottom line chiyuv. And that is some learning every day. But then, why aren't you learning? You need to fulfill this no matter what. Unless it's impossible. But, since Bittal Torah is definitely an issue, he says, you have to keep on learning. So, again, I, I don't know if, I, if I'm satisfied. The question is better than the answer, at least from, my, from this initial perspective. The initial perspective is that one of the Baliatosvos brought up the fact that Shimon Bar-Yachai seems to contradict himself. Wait, but not only does Shimon Bar-Yachai contradict himself, but we also discover that Rabbi Shmuel seems to contradict himself. Where is that? Also in the Gemara Menachos. The Gemara Menachos says, and who asks this question? Rabbi Tzvi Hershchios, the famous Maritzchios, the expert in history, the expert in the history of the development of Halacha, the pseudo-maskil. But he says in just the two short lines, as you can see here, Ayin Menachos, the Matsino de Rabbi Shmuel Atzmo, Svir Rabbi Shmuel himself seems to say the opposite. That Lo Yomush means literally, not like he says here, but Tzorach Iyun. And therefore, it's Tzorach So we basically have, from the Rishodim and the Achronim, the point that this Gemara seems to be a contradiction to the Gemara Menachos. Let's take a look at that quickly. The Gemara Menachos is talking about the Lechem Aponim that were on the Shulchan. And the Gemara brings the Das of the Tanakama that when the new Mishmar of Kohanim came in and when they would bring the new Lechem Aponim, look at the way they would make sure to take the, to, they would, they would br- take the old away and bring in the new. They said, Elu Moshchin ve'elu Manichin. There was ones that would Mosheikh, they would drag away the old, and at the moment they were dragging away the old bread to, to be makravit and to give it to the Mishmar of the Kohanim, the Elu Manichim, and the new group would be bringing in the new bread. The Tifcho Shozeh, the fists of one were right by the others. It was like, a, it was like the Shulchan constantly had the bread. It was either last week's or this week's. Because it says the bread has to be with fanai tamid. It has to be in front of God. The sh- has to be the lechem upon him. Has to be in front of God tamid. Rabbi Yossi says, "Afilu elu notzun ve'elu manichet." It doesn't have to be. They have to make sure that there's not one second that the table doesn't have the show bread on it. Even if the first group from the, the last mishmar takes it away, and the new group brings in the bread. And it didn't happen like the Mishnah said. That is still called Tomid. Afhi hoisa Tomid. The Brisa deepens Rabiosi's understanding of Tomid. He says even if they they took away the old bread in the morning and the new group got got lost or whatever it was or the bread wasn't baked yet and it wasn't proper or or whatever happened or they they got they got farchapped in some other actions, and they only put the new bread there towards the evening, ain't bakach klum. There's no problem. So what does it mean, Tamid? That there was not 
it, it, the shulchan did not stay overnight without bread. Yes, there was a time there was no bread on the table, but it's still called tamid. What does it mean that you have to have something tamid? So Rav Ami said, I can learn from Rav Yossi that another type of tamid, which is always having Torah with you, doesn't mean every single second. You could be Makayim, the mitzvah that was told to Yoshua to be that was supposed to be the template for every Jew is also called Tamid. Yeah, you, it, it is called Torah was always with me. Doesn't mean I was studying every single second. It means I learned in the morning and I learned in the evening. Based on that. So this is the Tosas Rabbi Yudachos' question. He contradicts what he says in Brokos. He says, You can't tell Amarats in this, because otherwise they're not going to learn. Rav says, No, no. Rav again. And it's interesting. Rav you need to tell Amaratzim this. You need to tell Amaratzim that they can be Makayim, the mitzvah of Yomush, just with saying Kriyashma. Why is it a mitzvah? So Rashi explains. Because they should realize that what Kriyashma does, that Kriyashma is, is a way to fulfill the idea of Limit Torah. Because remember what it says in Yoshua. It says that Oz Tatsliach Oz Taskil. Oz Tatsliach is Darkecha Voz Taskil. If you tell them that even Kriyashma is enough, they're going to want to do Kriyashma more. And that's going to get them more involved in mitzvos. And therefore, if they see how great Kriyashma is, they'll say for sure, if we can do this all day, So, um, so that's the reason why Rava actually believes telling the Kula is good. It's not going to make people think they don't have to learn. If they realize that even this, this, this mitzvah that they anyway feel they're going to be doing is not just, did you say Shema today? But that was a fulfillment of learning Torah. So, and that is really a way for God to, to open up the pathway to success for them. Then for sure, they're going to want to learn more Torah. But the truth is, uh, that's that's what Rava says. But um, <laughs> Rav Shimon Bar Yochai seemed to disagree. He felt it shouldn't be told to Amiratzim. But now that now we're going to have the steer in 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 Rabbi Shmuel. Shol ben Dama ben Achoso shor Rabbi Shmuel es Rabbi Shmuel. Kigon ani shalamadi kol atay rakuva mal wilmot chokmas yevanis. I'd like to learn chokmas yevanis. I'd like to learn philosophy, please. Can I learn philosophy? And maybe philosophy didn't just mean philosophy. Maybe it meant the sciences, the way the Greeks were learning it. So Yishmo answered him. He answered his nephew. The Pasuk says, well, yomush sefer Torah zemi picha. Yomam So, do you have a time? She'ena lo yom if there's some time that's not day or not night, then you can learn Chachmas Yavonis. So here it seems like Rabbi Shmuel seems to be like Rishimim Bar Yochai. So this is the contradiction that um, is 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 that the Bar points out. So you have a contradiction in Rabbi Shimon in, 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 in 
in um, in Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and a contradiction in Rabbi Shmuel. I'm not even sure if it's really a question, though, um, because Rabbi Shmuel was referring to Chochmas Yevonis. He wasn't referring to necessarily, um, you know, had a farm. Okay, now it's true the language that he uses is a little bit contradictory to what he said in in Brochus. But the you have to put it in context. Is it is it so important for his nephew to be learning Chokmas Yevonis? Yishmo feels that it's not necessarily the case. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 